Won't you just close your eyes for a minute? I think I'm going to just share with you the image I'm seeing, kind of like what Kylie was seeing. I want you to imagine that night right before Jesus was going to die on the cross. It was a Thursday night, and all of his disciples had come into the room with him, and he pulls out a cloth and a little basin of water, and he starts to wash their feet. And I want you just to imagine him looking at you, and he's washing the dirt off of your feet. And part of that just symbolizes, one, his service and his devotion and his care to you. And he even washes the feet of people that he knows are going to betray him. He washes the feet of people that he knows are going to doubt him. He washes the feet of those that are going to deny him just the next day three times. And there is nothing that Jesus wouldn't do just, just to simply let you know that you are cleansed. And he's right there to wash every, every speck of dirt and filth that you could pick up during the week with no condemnation, with no anger, with no frustration or aggravation at you. And then they sit at the table and they dine. And just like she said, he, John leans back up against Jesus' chest and he's just listening to his heartbeat, asking him questions. And Jesus is responding to him the same way that he wants to respond to you tonight. And he's speaking directly to him. And then at some point in that, he breaks bread and he says, this is my body, which is given for you. And I want you just to imagine him handing you that giving you that broken bread and saying, this is my body. Now he's, he's smiling at you because he knows that when you receive his broken body, you receive everything that you could ever need in this life. And he shares that cup. He says, this is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant, which is shed for the forgiveness of sins. And he hands that over to him, knowing the sins that they've committed, knowing the sins that they will commit. But he's doing something for you. And see, this is why it's so important because the Bible teaches us that if God did not spare his own son, but freely gave him up for us all, how will he not with him freely give us all things? And I want you to imagine Jesus in that moment giving you in his body and in his blood, he gave you all things, all things that pertain to life and godliness. So whatever you have need of this, this evening here, He's, he's smiling at you, reminding you that he loves you, reminding that he went to the cross so that you could be cleansed, so that you could be made right with God, so that you could have eternal life. And even in this moment, he paid the price for your healing. He paid the price for your peace. He paid the price for your supernatural strength. He paid the price for you to be filled with the Spirit of God, for you to know his will for your life and to walk in the power of God to accomplish what he's called you to do. He gave you that. So, Father, right now in Jesus' name, won't you just, just tell him, say, Lord, I receive everything that you have given me. I receive everything that you paid for me to have. I receive your healing. I receive your peace. I receive your strength. I receive the power of the Holy Spirit. I receive the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit. And just take a deep breath right there in His, in His presence. We just thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing in our hearts this evening. We thank you for your word. We thank you that your presence is here. Just, just give him thanks for a moment. Thank you, Lord.
How many people in here right now in the presence of God, like they need, they need prayer for something specific, like something that's burdening them or maybe it's a health issue? Would you just lift your hand up high so the people next to you can see it? Now, if you're next to one of these people that's got their hand up, hold up high where somebody next to you can see you. If you're next to these people, would you just put your, put your hand on them right where they're at with what's, whatever's going on. Just give you, give you some time. I know, I know not all of you can get around everybody, but stretch your hand toward these people. Because right here, there's people that have anxiety or fear or people that have uh, worries about the future or things going on with their family. Could be a health issue. Could be a pregnancy. Uh, whatever it is, maybe you know, maybe you don't. The Lord knows. So right now, Father, we're just praying. God, we pray for our brothers and sisters, and we speak your word over their lives, God, that by the stripes of Jesus Christ, they are healed. We speak to every infirmity, every illness, every sickness, and every disease, and we command you to bow the knee to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be plucked up by the roots, every illness, every sickness, every disease. In Jesus' name, we command you to leave those bodies now. And Lord Jesus, we pray that you touch each person physically right now to heal their bodies and to strengthen them supernaturally. Holy Spirit, would you bring the kingdom of God upon them right now in Jesus' name. As I'm saying these, I want you to open your mouth and say it too over them. We, bring, we ask the kingdom of heaven to come upon them right now, God. We command every spirit of infirmity to leave every body right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, we speak peace into this storm. I just see Jesus speaking peace into that storm to bring a calm into your heart and in your mind so that faith could arise, so that you could begin to believe. I feel like there's people in here right now that they're going through a battle of faith, that Jesus is calling you into a place where you can believe for greater things. So Lord, I pray that you strengthen them in their faith right now. Lord, we speak health into their lives and into the lives of their children, Lord Jesus, and we speak peace into their heart and mind. And we just declare, Lord God, that they will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And Lord God, your works will be made known. We declare that by the stripes of Jesus Christ, we have been healed. And that through Jesus Christ, who strengthens us, we can do all things. And so, Lord, we trust that you are working in each person's life and we speak freedom into their life right now, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, come and do what only you can do in Jesus' name. Just tell them you love them there. Just say, oh, I sure do love you. The Lord loves you. Amen. Amen. I'm going to let you be seated just for a minute if you want to here. Everybody doing good tonight? Anybody have a have a word of quick word of testimony or something positive they can share, maybe a word from the Lord that they feel impressed to share with the church real quick. I like to throw it out there anyway. Everybody good? One of the things Clay said on Sunday really stuck with me. It was um, God hovering over the waters, and then he spoke light. And that light brought life and good. And so I've been claiming that over my house in the name of Jesus. God, don't just hover over my house. I want you speaking light 
so that your life and good will come forth in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you know, that's actually a pretty good segue into what I want to talk about tonight because the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, uh, like she said, but, but the, there was no creation, there was no life until the voice spoke. And that's, that's important. And it, and it sets a precedent not only for how God acts in creation, but how He's called us to partner with Him as Christian people. That there are times when, guess what, we have to speak. We have to say something. We have to speak God's truth. We actually believe that even salvation comes, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. In other words, in a day's time, all of the things that you hear in a day's time, I mean, honestly, if you pay attention to what you heard today with your coworkers, maybe even some of you turned it on Fox News or something, God forbid, and most of the things that you heard, you know, did not probably release faith into your heart. Amen. But see, that's why it's so important. What, what happens is we hear so many voices that actually bring forth doubt, that bring forth anger, that bring forth anxiety, that bring forth fear. But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so if you never hear the Word of God or others never hear the Word of God, faith is usually at a low level. Amen. And it's not just the Word of God like, like reading the Bible, even though that is, that is a great aspect to it. It, it. it is what is God currently saying in my situation and speaking that from God's Word. I think that the Lord often, sometimes people, I, I sent somebody a text message just recently and I felt like, so, so you know the Bible even teaches that the Holy Spirit will bring all things to your remembrance, that which I've spoken to you, right? He says that. So people will sometimes send me a text message and say, you know, I'm going through this. Would you pray for me? And sometimes the Holy Spirit will instantly bring a, a scripture verse to my remembrance. And I feel like that is the word of the Lord to them in that moment. And so, so sometimes the Lord wants to speak a word into that moment. And what I would encourage you to do is when you find those scripture verses, don't just read them, speak them. Because there's power behind speaking them. What if a preacher studied his entire sermon and then just stood up on Sunday and looked at everybody? Well, I mean, I did the work of studying. Shouldn't some of y'all get saved? You know how they get saved? You preach it. You proclaim it out of your mouth. And when you pray, prayer is more effective when you speak it out of your mouth. Especially when you're praying for somebody. You don't see any of the disciples, any of the apostles laying hands on anybody and not saying anything. I'm just going to pray here for you silently, brother. And that right there brings some of you introverts out of your shell just for a moment and say, Oh, my Lord, I thought I could just pray privately and quietly for the rest of my life. And here it is, Clay's telling me that we need to start speaking out loud. But, here, but, but, but I want you to understand that, and that's one of the things, that, this is what I want to move into, is, is really a teaching here right quick on the power of proclamation. Because when we talk about prayer, there's all kinds of different types of prayer. But one way that I've been praying for years, and I've talked about it some in the past, but I've not really spoken about it, is, is, is proclamation. Some other people say declaration. And I don't believe that you can just go around declaring anything you want to. You know, some preachers in the modern world, they'll go around declaring, uh, putting more money in their bank account or, or declaring a, a new Cadillac or something like that. That ain't what we're declaring. And that's not what we're proclaiming. We're proclaiming the Word of God. And I think that it is designed to be proclaimed. It's designed to be spoken. And so here's what I want to do just to start for fun. So when I was uh, Sunday morning, I, I, I come in here about 6 a.m. and I'm praying over the services and over the people that are going to come in. And one of the things that I do is I'm just out loud walking around in here and, and, and I'm proclaiming God's word over this place before anybody ever gets into it. You know what I'm saying? Because I believe it shifts the atmosphere. 
I mean, let's just, let's just say, for, let's just say I don't know, I don't know what happens in the spiritual realm. Maybe three or four demons said, I'm going to come hang out in that church and they're going to come in here lazy and I'm going to run roughshod over everybody. Well, if they come in here and hung out on Saturday night, I'm going to run them out on Sunday morning with the Word of God. Amen. Amen. So that when you come in, like, so, so, so my, point, my point is there's something, there's something to that that changes the atmosphere when people proclaim God's Word, speak God's Word. So I, I, there were several scriptures that came to my mind specifically on Sunday. One of them was Isaiah 55. So here's what we're going to do for fun. I like to mess with y'all on Wednesday nights because you get too comfortable uh, you know, in church services not ever having to do anything. Amen. So here's what we're going to do, right? Uh, can you bring that, that scripture up, Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11? I want us to read this together, but here's the thing. When you, when you pro, the word proclaim is used in the New Testament several times. It means to shout forth. I know some of y'all are too sissy to shout forth. I know y'all are. So I'm not going to expect much out of you, but I'm going to expect you to read this with me with in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, at least a firm voice. All right? So you ready? For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Amen. Amen. You feel better already? Yeah. I mean, that right there just changes something in it, don't you? You get, you get this word in you. Here's the thing. You get the word of God in you, and you can start to pray the word of God without even having to open your Bible. And, and I, I, I want to get more into that, but let, I, need to, I need to just stick to it here just for a minute. So, so proclaim, and that, so when you make that proclamation that God's word is going to f go forth and it will accomplish the thing with which he sends it. And I believe spiritually that if we proclaim that, then it opens the atmosphere, so to speak, for the word of God to penetrate hearts in a greater fashion to do its work more profoundly. So that's, we speak the word of God and the Holy Spirit is no longer just hovering, but life is bur bursting forth because of it. Right. Just like she said, I don't just want the Holy Spirit to hover. I want him to hover in that spot. But then I want to speak the word that activates the power of the Holy Spirit to unleash what God wants to do in my life. Right. Amen. So proclamation, it means to shout forth. But there's another word uh, that we talk about, and it's called a confess. And conf confess is really two words. Homo, which means the same, and logos, which is word. It's, it's the same word. So when the word confess shows up in the New Testament, it means to say the same thing. In other words, when you confess, what you're doing is you're coming into agreement with what God's word says and you're saying the same thing as God's word. Now, how many of you in the situations over your life when negative things happen, when bad things happen, your first response and the things that come out of your mouth are in perfect alignment with what God's word says about the situation? Ain't nobody in the room. No, <laughs> almost none of us, right? We, we, we run on emotion. We run very little on faith. We're not great people of faith so much as we're great people of facts. I'm the same way. I get negative as quick as anybody else, and I look at the facts. But the Scripture doesn't say anything. It don't have heroes of facts. It has heroes of faith. It has people that look beyond facts and says, I see in the natural what's going on, but I press over into the realm of faith to say, I'm, I'm believing in something greater than the facts. I'm pressing into faith. I'm pressing into the unseen realm, believing that God's word is more powerful than what I'm currently experiencing. 
That's what faith is. And this is why Hebrew, Hebrews 3.1 says, Consider the apostle and high priest of our confession. I just told you about confession. It's to say the same thing as what God's word says. That's literally what the word means. He is the high priest of of our confession. Now, Jesus being our high priest, you know what this means? It means that he is a mediator between God and man, and he sits at the right hand of God the Father. And in some sense, when we pray, he's receiving our prayers. They funnel through Christ Jesus to the Father, and that's why our prayers are answered. We pray in Jesus' name, not because saying Jesus at the end of it is a token, but we pray in Christ because he's our intercessor, our intermediary at the right hand of the Father. So what he's saying is he's the high priest of our confession. That means that it's, he's at the right hand of the Father with all authority in heaven and in earth. And when I down here on earth come into alignment and agreement with God's word and I confess in my life or in my world what God's word says and come into agreement with it, he is basically saying with the Father, okay, I'm releasing my authority to enact that word that he just spoke and confessed because I am the high priest of his confession. Yeah. Now, in other words, another way to look at this is when you do not confess God's word and speak God's word, what you are doing is you're robbing him of his high priestly authority from taking place in your life and in the lives of others. Or worst case scenario, you never say anything that relates close to the word of God. You speak things opposite of the word of God on a regular basis, which actually works not to enable God's will on earth as it is in heaven, but works to enable Satan's will on earth as it is in hell. Amen. That's good preaching already. Y'all ain't even shouting. It's good, isn't it? Now, this is important. This is important to be reminded of regularly because if you're like me, you can slip into a negative mindset and let the Holy Spirit hover all day long until you start speaking so many things that are opposite of God's Word that the Holy Spirit says, I can't even hover here any longer. And demons start hovering and saying, wow, they're speaking curses all over the earth, the nation, their family, their life, their mental health. And I think I will enact on that. And I think I will empower that. And I think I'll allow, uh, since they're coming into agreement with what I believe as opposed to what God's Word says, well then we can wreak havoc and grow darkness and hell all over the earth and in their life and in their family because of what they've spoken. Yeah. I talked to somebody just, just the other week about curses that their, 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 their parents had spoken over them. And they had such, it, it had such a, 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 left such damage in their lives. That stuff's real. It's so real, the things that we speak, but proclamation is, is, is a word of spiritual warfare. Matthew 24, 14, it says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Now, a, a preacher, uh, the Greek word has to do with, a, it, it's a herald. It's some, literally a, a person who proclaims. So, you know, and there's even a difference between a proclamation, a preacher, and a teacher. You know there's a difference even between preaching and teaching. Teaching is I'm trying to help people who already believe understand, so to speak. But, 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 but preaching and proclaiming is this is God's word whether you like it or lump it. He is the Lord of heaven and earth and this is His will be done now in Jesus' name. So when you proclaim the gospel, it's not even so much that you're trying to teach people in order to understand. When the gospel itself is proclaimed, whether they understand it or not, it can shift the spiritual atmosphere so that they're ready to receive salvation. 
I told you all the story before about the time that I went to India and we preached at a college and most of those kids were learning English, but my English is so far from the English they're learning <laughs> that when I spoke, I got done and the guy, and, and listen, I got done and the altars filled up. It was the most people I'd ever seen saved in one service ever. And I was 24 years old, barely even knew the Bible. It was amazing. I thought, man, I'm on my way, Lord. <laughs> and then I didn't see anybody get saved for years, you know, out of that. No. Uh, uh, so, so we get done. All these college students are up here crying, weeping. They get done. He asked them, how many of you understood what he was saying? I was like, oh, no. I mean, maybe, maybe 40, 50%. Half of them didn't even know what I was saying. And the word of God went forth. Something happened in the spirit. Something broke. Maybe they didn't understand fully, but something happened in the realm of the spirit because the word of God was proclaimed. And that opened my mind to a whole other dimension. I recognized that day, okay, this isn't about, I mean, even though I want to be a good speaker and I want to teach well and help people understand, and that's a part of the gifting of God, there's something deeper than that. There's something, and, and I believe that understanding is important. That's not the point that I was trying to make. God did some kind of sovereign move that day that I don't fully understand. But my point is, is there's, a, there's something about proclaiming the Word of God. And I, after I get done preaching this message, here's what I want to see out of you all. And I'm not, I don't know if I'll ever see it, because, but I want you to be in your homes speaking the Word of God out loud. I want you to be preaching over your house. I want you to be proclaiming the Word of God over your life. I want you to be speaking to certain situations in your own life the Word of God over your life because the Spirit is hovering, waiting to do something, but the problem is you've invited demons in with the language you speak. Somebody amen me. You don't want to do that. So we boot the demons out. Amen. amen. Tell them get out. And then we don't, we, don't, we don't make no more allegiance with them. We don't speak the things we're, they're saying. We don't believe the things they're telling us to believe. And we shut the door on some things. Some of you may have to watch less news. I know that hurt. Imagine, imagine if you read the scripture out loud as much as you watch the news. Man, it would transform your life. But we got to know, Clay, what's going on. Here's what you need to do. If you're going to watch the news and figure out all the evil that's going on in the world, then what you have to do is see the evil that's going on in the world and find a scripture to proclaim over that situation. And I will allow it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I will allow it. If you can find the evil that's happening in the world and find a scripture to proclaim over it while you're hearing it come through, just say, I renounce that. and I renounce that, Tucker Carlson, in the name of Jesus Christ. Here's the word of the Lord, right? <laughs> and speak it over that situation. I understand that there's all kinds of evil and wickedness and, and psychotic stuff happening in our world today. But my point is, is that if we just listen to it, it can be a detriment to our spirit if we don't speak the truth over it. Yeah. Amen. So the example, the perfect example of this, I shared it a couple of weeks ago of Moses' rod. You remember in Exodus chapter 4, uh, I, so it says Moses answered and said, Suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord's not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? He said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And he reached out his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. And you shall take this rod in your hand with which you shall do the signs. The entire deliverance of Israel from Egypt took place through a rod. 
I mean, we talked about it. This is an 80-year-old man. He couldn't, even, he couldn't even take a hard step. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, I'm trying to get away from Pharaoh. <laughs> like, he, he ain't had much. He's an 80-year-old man, didn't even own his own sheep. He shows up with a stick and a one-line sermon says, let my people go. He's got nothing except that rod. The entire deliverance of Egypt was achieved through that rod, which was the authority of God. In Exodus 7, when you, you remember, Pharaoh calls the wise men, in verse 11, and the sorcerers. So the magicians of Egypt also did in like manner with their enchantments. For every man threw down his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. Now let me say this to you. Every person is throwing down their rods for good or for evil. Amen. Yeah. Hear me on this. Now what are, you, what are you throwing down? Because it's the authority of what you are speaking. It's the authority of what you are proclaiming in your own life. You're throwing down something. Every TV show you watch is throwing down a rod. Everything you listen to is throwing down a rod. Every report you hear is throwing down a rod in your life. And it has the measure of authority that you allow it to have in your life. But here's, what's, here's the problem with most Christians and most people in our world is there's rods being thrown down everywhere and they're becoming serpents and they're biting us with their venom. And what we never do is throw down the rod of the greater authority of God's Word. So you know what happens? Those other rods never get swallowed up. But when we throw down the rod of God's authority through His Word and we speak it, what does it do? It swallows up the other serpents that have been thrown down. Man, that's a good word right there. I, let's go to the house. All right, that's good. I mean, that was powerful. I don't know. That you sit, sit on that all week. Everyone has a rod that they're throwing down. It's our beliefs and it's our words. And here's the thing. It's not about how you feel today. It's about what are you going to believe today. It ain't about how you feel. Oh, I just don't feel good today. Yeah, but what do you believe today? Because you can go based on feelings all you want to, but I don't remember it ever saying that we're saved by grace through feelings. It'd be good if it was. You know what I'm saying? I got a chill bump. Hallelujah. It's a good day. I mean, we base church or a move of God on feelings. Sometimes you could produce a feeling if you just have a little bit of faith and start to believe. But it's not about how you feel today, but how are you going to believe today and what are you going to speak? Now let me say this. This actually is a quote from Francis Frangipan, I think is his name, which is an awesome name. He said, every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope is under the influence of a lie. If it has to do with your children, you're worried about them. If it has to do with your health... It has to do with your future, has to do with your salvation, has to do with your family, has to do with your job. Every area of your life that does not glisten with hope is under the influence of a lie. When you're, when you're a child of God, because your father owns everything. I don't know if you realize that or not. Like he's got, he's got stuff in control. He does. There's nothing that he could, couldn't get. I mean, if he wanted to, he could put a thousand bucks in my lap. It's instant. You know what I'm saying? He could do anything he wants to do. He, he, he's, he's got things under control. But here's the thing. I want to ask you this question. Can you actually surrender your beliefs as a Christian? As are you willing to surrender your beliefs that somehow you're inferior? Are you willing to surrender your beliefs that somehow you're less than? Are you willing to surrender your belief that there's something wrong with you? Are you willing to surrender your beliefs that God can't really use me? Are you willing to surrender your belief that well, I'm just backward. I can't talk well in front of people. 
Well, God may use those people, but he ain't going to use me. Are you willing to surrender your beliefs about yourself and about what God says? Because if not, what most people are going to do is they're just going to lock themselves in. And I had a real good statement I wrote down here, and it's this. Those things that you think, you're shy, you're inadequate, you can't speak well, God's not going to flow through you, He's not going to use you, I'm too broken, etc. That's not who you are. It's just who you've become because of what you believed. It ain't who you are. It's just who you've become because of what you've believed. You've believed lies about yourself and you've let these other ser serpents inject you with venom and never spoken God's word and God's truth over your life. And so you've become something different. The beliefs that we got to surrender are actually called strongholds because they got a stronghold. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. They call them strongholds in Scripture because they got a real stronghold on you. And they got a stronghold on me. This stuff right here, I sometimes preach this stuff to, my, to myself and I preach myself happy sometimes. I need to do it more often. I can be cranky. You may in here get cranky on occasion. Sometimes you get cranky, you get grumpy. Andrea's like, yeah, you do, Clay. You need to get this signed out. Preach yourself happy. <laughs> Romans 15, 13, it says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you notice what that says? It says, may the God of peace fill you with all joy and peace. How? In believing. You know how you get filled with joy and peace? In believing. If you don't believe anything that God's Word says, if you're, not, if you're not consuming what God's Word says about your life, if you're listening to all the lies and all the thoughts that are going in your mind on a daily basis about who you are and what you can't do and what's going to happen to you bad and all those fears, then you are not believing God's Word and you're blocking off the flow of joy and hope and peace in your life from God. He says He can fill you with all joy and peace in believing. And once you get into a place of belief... You can abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. How important is faith? How important is actually believing what God says in His Word? Because here's the thing, both the devil and God need our words to accomplish their will. Man, I'm throwing some one-liners out right now that are like, this should, I should have held this for Sunday. You know what I'm saying? This is too good of stuff to be dropping on Wednesday. Y'all don't even feel it. I would be taking notes right now, so heavy. Both the devil and God need our words to accomplish their will. Amen. So who are you partnering with? Anything been spoken? You know, I, I think about this stuff sometimes. I'm just like the next person. I go through seasons where I ain't really doing that great. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not as spiritual as I should be. Slip into a little carnality, get negative. I can get real negative. And then the Holy Spirit comes along and corrects me and says, Clay, you cannot be speaking these things. I said something the other day. Uh, Naomi was acting a little bit poorly, and I said something out of my mouth, and it, it was nothing. I mean, it, you know, you, you say stuff about your kids. They're, they're so bad. Say something like that out of your mouth about your kids. You know what that is? It's a curse. You're cursing your children. And I told Andre, I said, listen, I, that was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. You know what I did? I, I, I vocalized it and I renounced that curse that I spoke over her. I said, I renounced that that I spoke right there in the name of Jesus, that she's a bad child. Matter of fact, she's anything but. She's a child of God. 
And she produces the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, self-control. This is who she is. She's a child of God, anointed with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Spirit of God. And, 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 and all my children, and Naomi shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of my children. And she's going to be known for the love and kindness and wisdom that she carries. So I, I, I reversed it with a blessing over her life. But isn't it so simple, though, how we get just in the mundane ruts where all of a sudden we start to notice if we, look, if we evaluate our lives that we are believing lies and we are speaking curses all day, every day. Can't believe what this world's going to. It's awful out there. I mean, don't we, though? Y'all know everybody's like, that's me. I did that today. Yeah. I mean, it's awful out there. You know what? I'll tell you what's happening out there. God's Spirit is moving. And people are being saved and healed and delivered and God is looking to reach the world and He's looking for people to proclaim the gospel and speak light into the darkness so that He can bring forth new life creation. I want somebody to have a news channel where they say, you know what, there's some good things happening in the world right now. There's some good, God is on the move. God's still looking to proclaim the gospel to all the nations so that He can prepare a bride that is without spot and without blemish so that He can return and come back and set up some camp. What if we got, this is what the Lord dealt with me today, today and yesterday, was what if we got so consumed with the Word of God, and I'm not just talking about reading the Bible, even though reading the Bible is amazing. What I'm talking about is you read the Bible until you fall in love with what it says. And then what it says becomes a part of, of your heart and your mind, and it transforms your heart and your mind until that's everything, every response, everything you see, the Scripture pours out in response to it. So when you see a negative situation, well, here's what the Word of God, you can almost get annoying with people about it, but that's where we got to get. You know what I'm saying? Well, here comes that guy that just wants to be positive and speak the Word of God over situations. <laughs> I'm sitting over here trying to be negative and hope that bad things happen. I mean, I don't really want bad things to happen, but it just feels better if I act like it's going to happen. And that, that's how I am sometimes. It's like I, I know I don't want bad to happen, but it's like I don't want to get my hopes up so I say as much negative things for a net to catch me or something. And, it, and it's not a net. It's a rope dragging you down. Yeah. It ain't going to catch you. It's going to drag you. Yeah. Amen. Man, I'm preaching good right now. Golly. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. You've got to renounce curses. I'm serious. Y'all think, well, Clay's weird. He's getting into weird stuff. No, you have to renounce them. You've got to break them. If you've spoken things that are evil, you need to renounce it. If somebody has spoken things over you, you need to forgive them. And then you need to renounce what they have spoken over you and break the power of it over your life, whatever they spoke. Say, my father spoke this over me. I renounce it in the name of Jesus. That has no power over me because, of, because here's what God's word says about me. And you speak that and proclaim that out of your mouth and you would be amazed at what happens. I've seen some serious deliverance take place when people actually step into that place and they, and they vocalize it and they proclaim it out of our mouth. One of the devil's greatest tricks is to convince us that somehow those things aren't real and that they don't work when we say it. So he just keeps us silent in a pew hoping that listening to sermons will bring enough transformation. Mm. Listening to sermons are great, but at some point you got to speak your own. So you've got to forgive anyone who's spoken evil over you you got to repent of any curse you have spoken over others. You need to renounce any evil that you've spoken and break its power. And you need to choose to not believe the lies that have been spoken over you and speak the truth. I know those lies seem real. I've had lies in my mind just flood my mind, going over my mind all the time. And sometimes I can even identify them as a lie 
and still they feel strong. Anybody, can anybody relate to me? Still, they feel, I know this is a lie, but it feels strong. That's how you know it's got demonic force behind it. And that's, how, that's how you know, you know, so for, for example, I always talk about Jesus whenever he was in the wilderness. Do you imagine that when Satan came to him, the Bible says this. It says that Jesus was tempted at all points like we are, yet was without sin. So when Satan comes to Jesus in the wilderness, do you think he came in a big red body with horns and a pitchfork? Absolutely not, because has he ever come to you all that way? Jesus was tempted like we are. You know what it was like? A thought with a strong impression and a pull. That's how Satan showed up in the wilderness. He didn't manifest himself physically. He came with a thought with a strong impression and a pull. That's how, that's how the demonic comes. A thought with a strong impression and a pull. And then when you come into agreement and alignment, you start speaking what they're saying. They give you a lie. And you let it play, and you let it play. And because you never resist it, and you never speak the truth of God's Word, well, them demons will sit there all day and tell you the same lie over and over and over and over again until you believe it and invite them in. And say, we're just going to live like this. I'm inadequate. I can't do anything. My life's never going to amount to anything. I'm just broken. I'll never be healed. This is just the way things are. I'm an angry person. That's just the way I am. You know, what I, you know who told you that? Some ugly little hairy devil that needs booted out. Yeah. That's good. Amen. Amen. So you choose to not believe the lies. And, and so, so, so one of the things that I do, especially when I get in a bad way mentally, because I'll go out and take a walk. Sometimes I, like to, I like to walk while I do it. But sometimes I'll write things out. Sometimes I'll write it out. But honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of at the point where I just, I just flow and I preach what comes to me. And I do it out loud. So part of my prayer life is to take a walk and proclaim the Word of God to the Lord and pray for people while I'm doing it. Sometimes some of you all come to my mind. I speak the Word of God over you, right? Where I'm at. So the word's going forth over you. And you're sitting 20 miles away somewhere, and all of a sudden you don't, you don't know it, but all of a sudden you just say, hey, I feel good. That word just sent over and hit you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Y'all want to say some stuff? Yeah, let's say some stuff. Put that up there. I wrote this earlier just because I thought I wanted to say some stuff against, against what I was feeling. Yes. <laughs> Y'all ready? <laughs> like, oh no, Clay. <laughs> We're not coming back till Wednesday night. We, we believe in church where you just listen. Oh, man, I love Wednesdays. Y'all ready for this? Are you going to do it? All right, let's go. I am a child of God and a new creation in Christ Jesus. I am born again by the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God lives in me. I am anointed and the power of God flows through me. I am forgiven, I am redeemed, I am set free from the power of sin, I am washed in the blood of Jesus, and I am more than a conqueror because Jesus loves me. My prayers are powerful and effective, and God always meets all of my needs according to His riches in glory. I laugh at the lies of the enemy because they have no power over me. God's word over my life is true. I live in supernatural protection and divine health because the Lord is my refuge. My family is blessed and deeply in love with Jesus. I am obedient to the will of the Lord 
and I bring others into God encounters. With Jesus, I will overcome every obstacle in my way as His will is done on earth as it is in heaven. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, and every voice that comes against me in lying accusation, I condemn and nullify in the name of Jesus. I speak peace to every situation in my life, and I will walk in the victory of God and trample on the enemy as he is under my feet in Christ Jesus. Amen. Yeah, you can give a clap on that. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I know some people think that I'm weird, but I think you're weird. <laughs> Oh, man. You know, laughter does, does the heart good, too. I don't know if you realize that or not. So sometimes the Holy Spirit will give you a joy anointing, and, and, and you, just, you just sort of go with it. On Sunday mornings, there's something, there's something about a Sunday morning brings that religious spirit into the room. It's like you get uptight and serious. It's Sunday. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm, getting, I'm getting out in left field. Somebody, somebody call the elders and reel me in. Here's the thing. Moses didn't really know the rod's potential, but it became the instrument of his authority. You don't, I, here's what I want to say to you. And I know you, you, you don't. You do not realize the potential of this right here in your heart and in your mouth. If you did, your life would be radically different. Mine too. We, we so underestimate the power of this rod. This is God's rod for you. This is the rod of authority. And here's the thing, it, it's, not just, it's not just simply the book itself. The book itself does very little. It's a piece of leather with some pages on the inside. But when that written word gets into my heart and becomes by the Spirit of God, God's spoken word into my life and spoken word out of my mouth that has spirit anointing on it, it becomes the most powerful authoritative tool on planet earth and it legitimately causes the demonic principalities to flee and lose their power. Yeah. It just does. Yeah. I've seen it too many times and I'm fully convinced. And so what Satan's, one of his primary goals is, is for us to not and, that, and this is one of the issues with church today, so I can just talk to you as a pastor. One of the issues with church today is we're in such a consumeristic mentality on everything that we do in our world. We go to, we go to Starbucks and, and you go to a show, you bring nothing. It's just, it's just, I'm here to be entertained, essentially. So I'm listening to a sermon, not because I want to use any of it, really. I want to be slightly entertained and leave feeling a little bit better. But what I'm telling you is at some point, if you're going to grow in your spirituality, this has got to become a weapon. And the sermons you hear preached, you must weaponize. What does that mean? She come up and she quoted something that I spoke on Sunday morning. What does that mean? That means she took a word that came that was preached on Sunday. She weaponized it. What most people do is they hear it, they judge whether or not it was entertaining or a good sermon. Then some of them will say, good sermon. Or some of them will be like, well, wasn't that great? I ain't going to say nothing to him. Uh, Oh, but, but the point of the Word of God preached is for you to take hold of to now weaponize in your own life. Yeah. That means that you bring a Bible, you know where it's at on the page, you remember the verses of Scripture that were, that were read, you take the ones that were spoke to you, you go back and you revisit them through the week. You don't just simply hear a sermon and then do nothing with the Word of God and then come back next Sunday and hear another one. You are spinning your wheels. 
You're like Samson in the prison house, blind and running in circles. That's what you're doing. Amen. Now, that was a little bit strong. I'll calm down a little bit now. But seriously, that is, that is the most pastoral help I can give anybody. If you will start, like, like for me, if I was, like when I went to church, you know, when I first started going to church, I packed my Bible every time. No question. It's not even a question. It was just not a question. I had a notebook that I could write in. If I hear somebody else preach, I never listen to somebody else preach that I don't write something down. If I, if I don't have a notebook, I put it in my notes on my phone. I got notebooks stacked for days of things that I've heard other people say that I write down. And it's not just so I can preach it or this. It's so that I can try to get it in my heart and live it. And I'll go back and revisit notes because I need it in my heart so that I can become what I'm hearing preached. Amen. This is as pastoral as it gets today. I'm telling you, if you fall in love with the Bible and you start paying attention to where it's at and you get that scripture in your heart, man, it's going to transform your life. Your rod is the Bible. See, Ephesians 6, 7, 17, 18, it says, take the sword of the Spirit. He's talking about the armor of God against all the principalities and powers and the spiritual wickedness and the rulers of the darkness of this age. And he says, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, interestingly enough, he says the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. The Word here is, is, is there's, there's, two, there's a few different words for the word, word. Okay? This one specifically is rhema. And there's logos, which is, this is logos. This is written, this is scripture. And it's the written word that you read. But then beyond that, there's rhema. That is the Word of God that comes to you in a moment. that you sp It's the spoken Word of God. And he says the sword of the Spirit is not just the Bible that you read. It is the word that you speak that is Scripture. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good because most people have never even pulled the sword. They got it tucked in their sheath. I mean, well, imagine going to a war and just, let's fight, never pulling it out. You know what I'm saying? How, how you going to cut anybody with that? <laughs> you have to open your mouth and speak it, then you pull it out, then you slice some heads. Amen. Amen. So the, but then it says this. It says the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And some scholar, you know, some Greek scholars will say there doesn't need to even be a semicolon there because it's the Word of God praying always. It just runs together. Which is the sword of the, the, sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God praying. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. The point being is the sword of the Spirit is the Word, me praying the Word of God. It, be, it, becomes, it becomes a part of my heart and I'm speaking it and I'm saying it and I'm meditating on it. It's in my heart, it's in my mind, and it's coming out of my mouth. And so the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God praying and at the appropriate time when I need a specific word, guess what? The Holy Spirit will pull it out for me and say, this is the one you need to use. If you speak that out of your mouth, you remember what Jesus did? He didn't pull a sword out on Satan in the wilderness. What did he pull out? The spoken Word of God. He said, it is written. And when he spoke that word, it cut the devil. He said, oh gosh, that hurt. He said, oh gosh, if I take two more of them cuts, I may have to flee. Well, guess what? Jesus pulled two more swords on him, gave him two more written scriptures from the book of Deuteronomy, and Satan could, had enough. He said, I got, got to get out of here right now. It's hurting too bad. I'm telling you, run the devil off. Most people, they'll get into all kinds of bad shape, mental shape, and rather than fighting it, you know, Andrea, I, I don't, I'll share a little something. You probably get mad at me for sharing. It ain't that big a deal, though. <laughs> 
but but no, like it's it's a it's a thing in our house because she'll tell you just as much as I will that we're we're not perfect people just because we're pastoring church. We got our own set of struggles. Sometimes we hit a little a little you know, bad negativity or depression or anxiety or fear, irrational fears sometimes come in, things like that. But, but what we have learned over the years to do every single time is to do what I'm telling you, is we do battle. Like we get to a, she go alone to a secret place or I'll go alone to a secret place. If we have to, we'll do it together. But, we're, but we'll get to a place where we're worshiping, we are praying, and we are speaking God's word into that situation. And almost every single time that we do it, that stuff lifts. It goes. So, so I, you know, so, a, a, there's, there's points where you could say, and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say anything negative, but there are definitely points where you could say, okay, this is getting really bad. This is getting to a place. I, I, I maybe need, need to see a doctor. Maybe need to see this. Maybe need to do that. And I'm not saying that those things are bad or negative. I'm just saying we get to a point where we do warfare and most of that stuff breaks and lifts. Depression, anxiety, fear, et cetera. Everybody deals with it, y'all. It's a common thing. And I'm not, I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying... Anything about anything else, I'm just saying you need to try this as well. Okay? Hear me on that. Hear me on Let the Lord lead you in everything else. Amen. So the first thing that happened when Moses put his staff on the ground was was he got afraid of it. Now I want to say this, and this this goes hand in hand with exactly what I... He got afraid of that authority because it turned into serpent. He got afraid of it. But notice this. In Isaiah 66, verse 2, it says, But this is the one whom I, to whom I will look, the Lord saying this, He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Most of us definitely don't tremble at the word. We treat it as an accessory, like a, like a purse that we could pick up if we wanted to, but if it don't look right for this particular time, I'll go without it. I mean, we treat it like an accessory. He says, no, I look to the one who trembles at the word. See, when Moses first saw that word, he trembled at it. He saw it. And you have, I, I, this, we have got to, in the church, get a reverence for the word of God and get a love for the word of God and understand that this is where life comes from for us. The Spirit is going to use this to bring transformation to our hearts and to our world. So you need, you, you've, got to, you've got to have tremble at his word. Now, Scripture says in John 12, 47, 48, it says, If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I do not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word I have spoken will judge him on that last day. So the word of God will be your final judge. Amen. I'm just trying to help you tremble at it. Jesus answered him, in John 14, 23, if anyone loves me, he will what? Keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Jesus makes his home with people who keep his word. They lay hold of it. They reverence it. They fear it. They lay hold of it. They, they treat it like hidden treasure. They treat it. Somebody, we're talking the other day about winning the lottery. Everybody wants to win the lottery. Amen. I'd lo- anybody amen? Like, I'd like to win the lottery. And then you have to go back. You, every time I get that little desire in my heart, I got to go read 1 Timothy 6 about how rich men, people who desire to be rich, drown themselves in destruction. I'm like, okay, never mind. Maybe I don't want to win a lottery. <laughs> Amen. I mean, you got, the Word of God will set you right. Amen. I, I, I have to be set right by the Word of God. So 
most of us, we have to change our attitude toward the Word of God. So not only does he fear it, but what does he do then? He reaches down and he takes hold of it. So I tremble at God's Word. I reverence it. I stand in awe, but then I take hold of it. I have that Word in my heart. I can pull it out when I want to use it, and I can speak it out of my mouth to use it authoritatively in situations, and it will change situations. It will bring salvation. It will bring sanctification in people's life. It will bring transformation. It will bring healing. It will bring restoration. The Word of God will heal people. It will change their hearts, their minds, and you have to take hold of it. So you have to take hold of that. Look at this, Psalm 149, verse 5 through 9. Y'all doing good right now? This is good teaching. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Y'all better obey that tonight. If y'all don't sing aloud on your beds tonight, I don't know what to tell you. I'm going to wait till Andrea and Naomi get to bed. I'm going to break out. Oh! Oh! No. And then it says, Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the written judgment. This honor have all his saints. I don't know if you know how good that is. He says, let the high praises of God be in their mouth. This is why when we meet, we, we, we worship. And this is why when we meet, and I say it over and over again, whether you believe me or not, I'm going to keep saying it. To praise God, there's seven different words in the Hebrew language for praise, but all of them entail vocal or physical action. You cannot praise the Lord by listening. Can't do it. There's no, there's no word for praise that involves listening. There's no word for praise that involves standing still. There's no word for praise that involves setting. Every single word for praise involves a physical motion, lifting the hands, playing an instrument, dancing before the Lord. Every single, every single word for praise involves a physical motion or a vocal reaction. Shout, sing, praise, hallelujah, speaking it out of your mouth. And it says that he inhabits those things. He doesn't inhabit standing still. He doesn't inhabit sitting silent. He doesn't inhabit that. Amen. So, so, so he says we have, we have the high praises of God in our mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. So we're singing praises out of our mouth. The two-edged sword in our hand, though, is, is, is what? It goes on to say it down in verse 9. It's the written judgment. This, let me tell you something. This is the written judgment against the principalities and the demonic powers that need to be defeated. And he says, the honor that all of the saints of God have is to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples. And he's talking about the demonic powers and to execute on them the written judgment. So in other words, you can speak this written judgment because all of the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And when you begin to praise God in your living room and you speak this word of God over your family and over your life and over your house, guess what? It executes judgment on the demonic powers that are trying to hinder you and hold you back man this is I'm I'm telling you I feel like I need just we're gonna open up a five-part series here pick your kids up feed them we're coming back <laughs> this is important it's about eight o'clock so I'll let me move a little bit quickly more quickly but how many how many of you your prayer life would change if you actually saw things in this light every day 
You know what I'm saying? If you, if you saw things in this light every day, your prayer life would change. You'd go around looking for a sword to pull. You know what? Somebody give you a situation, you'd be like, dude, I got a good word to speak over that right quick. You know, I got, some, I got something that'll swallow that serpent up, dude, and pull Isaiah 55. You know what I'm saying? And just speak that over that situation and see what happens. See what happens in those situations. I mean, used to, you know, what we do, like in, in church back in the day, I could not stand it. I remember when I first pastored a church, I made them quit taking up prayer requests. Someone said, my gosh, Clay, why would you do something like that? Prayer requests. But it was like 30 minutes of the most negative talk I had ever heard in my life and followed by the weakest prayer I'd ever heard in my life. And it was like we were just repeating to God how bad everything was without ever speaking the word of God over these situations. You get nowhere with that. You get nowhere with that. Yeah, bring, let your request be made known unto God, but then speak the truth of God's word over the situation and do not mull and continue to repeat the horrors of what has happened. There's, there's a point where you say, this is what's happening, this is the reality, but let me tell you about God's word on it. So you take up prayer. If we, we ought to spend as much time reversing what we just said negatively about the symptoms and the, and the horrifying things. I want, to be, I want people to let me know. Like if you got something bad going on, let me know. But I want you to partner with me. Like sometimes people talk to me about sickness or send me something. I will send them a, a scripture list this long. And I'll say, say you know, read these, say them. That's what I say because I believe this stuff. Otherwise I wouldn't send it. Otherwise I'd say, oh, that's horrible. It's terrible. There's no, you know, I mean, I get it. I get that bad things happen and fear comes in and it's rough. Like, I get it. Life is hard, but this is how we fight. Yeah. This is how we fight. Yeah. So when he got back to Egypt, what did he do? He stretched out the rod that he took hold of. He exercised the authority that was in the rod. And see, we have to do the same. We've got to take the written word of God. You need to start memorizing scripture. You need to lay hold of the scriptures that are speaking to you concerning circumstances. You need to start praying that over people. I believe personally that the Lord is trying to speak to our church right now about a season of harvest. I've had a couple of other people in our church that have given me words or even dreams that they've had, and it kind of confirmed what I was feeling. But I, I think the Lord really wants us to intercede in prayer right now for souls to be saved. I think we should never stop doing that, but the problem is, is that re honestly, regularly, we probably don't. But, 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 what if, but, but he's inviting us to say, I want you to partner with me and say the same thing that my word says over them and begin to pray for souls to be saved. And I think that's going to come, that's going to come forth. So we want to pray over people like that. But here, I'm going I'm to go through just a few quick things, and then I'll let you go home. So if you've got a lot of negative thinking in your background and a lot of negative influences... Uh, you know, sometimes just saying it once don't change much. Here's my point. It's like, I, I can be a very negative person. I really can be. So, but what doesn't get me set right is, is, is just saying it once and saying, well, that didn't work. <laughs> it's, like, it's like eating healthy. You know what I'm saying? You, you, well, I ate a carrot. Nothing changed. I'm, you know, I still weigh the same. Well, no, actually, you weigh a carrot more. Amen. That's good preaching. <laughs> but if you, I'm just being, I don't know what's wrong with me tonight. <laughs> so you've got to go on saying it until you think it, until it gets in your heart. So if you get negative about your future, I'm going to give you all a few things to say, just a few easy verses. Now, th this first one is everybody's favorite verse, but you know what? Pull this sucker out. 
If you love it so much and you got it on your wall written, why don't you ever say it and believe in it? Jeremiah 29, 11, you start getting negative. Man, I just don't know what my life looks like. My future, I don't know what's going to happen. My job, my family, my career, I just don't know. Say this, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And if I would, I would personalize that and I would say, Lord, I know that you already know the plans that you have me. And I am a child of God and you've got plans to prosper me and not to harm me and to give me hope and a future. And you see my future and it is exceedingly abundantly beyond anything that I can ask or think according to the power that works on the inside of me. Right, I just start to say, and you saw how I brought there are multiple verses just flowed into that. And it starts to become cellular. And so then you, a lot of people get fearful self-defense. Andrea said something the other night. We was laying in bed. Naomi had been in the pool a lot, and she was wanting to jump in. And we was just letting her jump in and, like, go under. Well, she don't really know to hold her breath yet. So she, she'd inhale water, you know, and she'd come up. And then, we'd, she'd, and then she'd, and as soon as she'd get done choking, she'd be like, again, again. She wanted to go, like, why? Well, how come? Like if I did that once, I'm done. I'm out of the pool. But she did it. And so as we're going to bed, just, just about to go out, and Andrea says, I don't even know what's going on. Well, if she dry drowns. And I said, uh-uh, not in my house. And you know what I declared? Psalm 118, verse 17. I said, she shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. I swallowed up that servant instantly. She ain't, it ain't happening in my house. We'll not speak out. Y'all say, this clay's weird. Well, again. <laughs> Isaiah 54, 13 through 14. Y'all worried about your children? How about this? All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. And from terror, for it shall not come near you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Amen. Deuteronomy 33, verse 25 through 27. This is a weird one. I never really have heard anybody read this one, but I came across it, and for some reason it, it struck me so long ago. And, I, and, and when I'm battling something, I feel like I'm under demonic attack. For whatever reason, this is one of my go-tos. I've come, I, I, I'm going to tell you all something. I have had experiences, and I don't want to share any in-depth details, but I've had experiences where something dark was happening even in this church, okay, like with people and situations. And I came in here to pray, and I was fasting and praying, and I came in here and confessed this scripture uh, several times out loud, and I felt, I felt the burden lift off, and the thing literally, and the people behind it, it disappeared. It, it, was, it disappeared. It just, it was over. I didn't even have to tell nobody about it. It was over. So I don't know. You tell me. Here's what I read. The bolts of, and, I, and I'm telling you, I'm just walking around saying these exact words. The bolts of your gates will be iron and bronze. I mean, I like the bolts of my spiritual gates being iron and bronze. And your strength will equal your days. There is no one like the God of Jeshurun who rides across the heavens to help you and on the clouds in His majesty. The eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. He will drive out your enemies before you saying destroy them. 
He will drive out your enemies before you, saying, destroy them. Hallelujah. Some of y'all, you get tore up about sickness and illness and stuff like that. You know, if me and Andre are going to go on a trip here pretty soon, you know what we're going to speak as we go? We're going to Psalm 91 it. Right? We're going to Psalm 91 all day long. We're going to speak it out loud. I used to teach Psalm 91 so much. Cam will tell you the story. He went into the into an ocean one time, and I'd been teaching Psalm 91 so much back in the day. He went in the ocean. Somebody hollered shark, and he knew there was a flood of people coming in. He didn't know. He said, he quoted out, he said, A thousand may fall at my side, and ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. And sure enough, that shark had a thousand people that day. No, it didn't. They all made it out safe. <laughs> Amen. You need provision, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. God is able to make all grace abound toward me that, that I always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Philippians 4.13. I need healing in my body, 1 Peter 2.24. He himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. By whose stripes I have been healed. Amen. Speak of that out of my mouth. Now, I've got more and more, but time holds me back. Do you know that uh, I went to India one time and, uh, for, on a mission trip? And when I was there, every morning... I woke up five times a day, you would hear from the Muslim mosques, them sending out their proclamations into the airwaves. And you wonder why there is such a stronghold in a principality over these areas in the Middle East, like Iran, etc., and why, why Islam grew so much. Well, they make demonic proclamations on a daily basis out loud five times a day. Five times a day. And that's been going on daily for 1300 years and if you multiply that by five times a day and the amount of moss literally literally billions upon billions upon billions of proclamations out loud over all the people every day coming into agreement with demonic principalities now think about that now i say well that's just unbeatable no 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 you've got a greater authoritative word you swallow up multiple of those servants serpents with one drop of your rod of authority yeah. You got a superior power in the true written word of God. But the question is, are you going to use your rod? Amen. 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 Won't you stand to your feet? It's 8.05. Oh. I'm, I spoke pretty long, but for some reason I feel like I needed to preach that word. So, so I, we went with it anyway. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to pray over us and dismiss for the kids' sake. And, uh, and then, but here, Jeremy may even play a little bit. They may sing a little bit. If you feel like lingering around, I'm going to dismiss, though, because so, I know the kids are always, you know, over there, uh, what, whatever that means. <laughs> I'm in bad shape tonight. Somebody proclaim a word over me. Sound mine, Clay. Um. But then, but then if you want to hang out or you need prayer for something, you want to come up, we'll pray for you. So let's pray. Lord, God, I thank you for your people, Lord, that are here tonight. And God, I just speak your blessing over them. And Lord Jesus, because you died for us on the cross, you became a curse for us so that every curse would be broken. So God, we just declare that every spoken curse over every person's life, every lie that the enemy has planted in their mind, we declare it broken and nullified and void in Jesus' name. 
And Lord, we bless each person because they are children of God. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fill each one of them and that your anointing would come upon them in power. And Lord, you would bring them great peace and make your face to shine upon them, Lord, so that even when they sleep at night, their sleep would be sweet, Lord God, and they would have dreams and visions of you, Lord Jesus, and of your heavenly kingdom. And Lord God, you would begin to show them your goodness in such a way that in every dark area, they would see your spirit hovering and they would have the boldness of the Holy Spirit to proclaim your word into that situation. Lord God, this is not a weird thing. It's a natural thing. So let it be natural for us to desire and long for your word, to be in our hearts, to take deep roots, to transform who we are. But God, let it come out of our mouths like a sharp two-edged sword, Lord God, to, to bring written judgment on the enemy that, that, that is against our souls. So I speak peace to each and every person, Lord God, and let this word not just be one that they hear, but let it be one that they do. And so God, I just declare that these people are doers of your word, God. And they are those that take hold of your word and lay hold of your word and speak your word and meditate on your word, God. And Lord Jesus, you have plans and a future for them that that they cannot possibly imagine. Lord, there are people who have thought even today about the lack that they're going to experience in their future, about how you're not going to supply. But Lord God, you've, you've declared that you will supply all of our need according to your riches and glory. So God, you're supplying every single need that each person has. And Lord Jesus, you are redeemer and you are healer and you are deliverer, God. And so I pray you come in power on each person to let your work and your will be done. I speak divine protection, divine health, healing and wholeness, and boldness and anointing, God, to go forth and proclaim your gospel into all the world. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Can you give the Lord some good praise right quick? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, yeah, I'm done and I'm dismissing, and, uh, but you can hang around and pray or pray for somebody else around you if you want to or, or whatever you'd like to do. Love you guys. Appreciate you coming tonight.